Good morning, my amazing friends and family. It is yours truly, Eduardo Cardoso. And you need to buckle up. I don't know if you're on your way to work right now or you're already at work and this podcast is helping you get through it. This this episode is for you. And I'm telling you right now, before we continue, you are going to have an amazing day right now. I don't care what you're thinking. I don't care if you already said I'm going to have an amazing day. I'm going to say you're going to have a double amazing day. And I don't care if you just got out of bed and you're late and the alarm clock didn't go off. And now you're in traffic. And you, like I said last time, you forgot your lunch and you forgot to take out your dog. And now you know he's going to pee inside and he's going to eat everything because he's going to be mad. I don't care if that happened. I know you are going to have a good day. So let's get on with it. Today's episode is for those of you who, you know, who who are entrepreneur minded, business minded, or are seeking, you know, if you're seeking a little bit of guidance in that realm, right? Because I have been an entrepreneur, I have been a business owner, a consultant for a long time now. And I'm going to tell you, it hasn't been easy because for a long time, I'm sure you can relate to this, it was a one-man show. In the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey, before I ever owned a business, before I ever owned my own marketing company, photography company, my own, you know, before I became independent and started doing acting, modeling, and of course, before Brothers in Arms, CBD, my company now, I was a one-man show and I'm telling you, it is hard. It is hard to be a one-man show. It is hard because you you have a vision and you then have to become everything to make sure that this vision and this and this dream of yours becomes a reality and it doesn't just stay a reality. For me, what that looked like, you know, I was in college when I first started pursuing working for myself entrepreneurship when i first started thinking okay you know i want i said i want to work for myself and then i asked myself what am i good at what can i do for other people and they'll pay me for it what am i good at what is my skill you know i said what gap in the market can i fill how can i make somebody's life better through the things that i know and I had been a personal trainer before this. So for me, I went back to that moment. I went back to my, my first career out of the Marine Corps. And it was personal training. So I thought to myself, okay, I understand health and wellness. Um, what, what can I do with that, right? You know, because I was taking a break from personal training. Um, and so... I was like, okay, you know, my boardroom was just me and my notebook. I was writing all these things down, of course, as you should, because all these ideas that you have come and go, come and go, and you will forget them. So there I was in my boardroom, me, just me, (laughs) just me. I had personal trainer, you know, for what am I good at? And at that, during that time, I had actually started my YouTube channel. And so I had a nice camera. And I had started taking photos for, for, you know, promotion and for advertising and for, for, you know, and for recording, for recording the YouTube videos. And I really, really enjoyed it. And I was still learning that process. I myself was learning how to properly, 
use a high def like you know a high quality camera 1080 or 4k um however i really loved it i was it was something that i was really passionate about at the at the time at that moment i was on fire for it you know i was like i'm, I'm gonna learn how to start a youtube you know i bought a nice camera i bought some lightings i bought a microphone and then i thought to myself okay a lot of the things that i record are 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 shots that two people it usually requires two people to try to get you know because i had a tripod and i had a and i had a handheld tripod and um and i was recording you know i was recording like the things that i did every day you know i was making vlogs without even realizing what vlogs were yet you know i you know if i go back to my first videos you know i was recording vlogs before i had ever actually watched a vlog so it's interesting you know because i i mean i'd never seen a vlog but of course i had seen t tv shows like ned's declassified on nickelodeon and uh you know i had seen avatar as a, as a child and so that whole concept of uh diarying and video blogging was always interesting to me and um I, I had actually already done it a little bit too when I was in the Marine Corps. You know, I was blogging and vlogging and photoing everything. I loved documenting always at an early age. For some weird reason, I just loved documenting. And um, full circle, you know, I was in the board meeting. I was thinking, I was letting all these things out, you know, on paper, you know, getting them from my mind to on paper. And I ended up becoming a one-man marketing agency you know with uh i mean the, the company was really had an emphasis the, the marketing company at the time had an emphasis on social media and content creation um hashtagging engagement and this and i'm telling you this was back in 2014 when no 2016 when social media 2015 2016 when social media was starting to really blossom you know people were starting to become really popular there wasn't a lot of popular pay, you know pages uh, shout out pages were still actually useful um little secret i don't know if i would recommend it i don't think i would recommend it now but back then using those shout out pages they actually worked that's how i grew my initial following you know the the pricing was so cheap and the roi was you would just get flooded with like, you know, I used to do uh, bodybuilding, you know, <laughs> I was really into bodybuilding back then. So I would pay for these um, bodybuilding shout outs and I would get hundreds, hundreds of followers from those shout outs and they'd leave it up all day too, you know, for 24 hours. And it was crazy, you know, the type of uh, engagement you would get from from those bodybuilding pages back then. And, um, and I know it was legit because the more and more you would do it on, like if you picked one Instagram bodybuilding shout out page and you did a shout out, you know, you know, I think I did like four shout outs in a month once on that page and each time it became a little less and less. So that initial one though, I got flooded. I got swarmed with followers that I would see engage on that bodybuilding page. And the third time I got, you know, three fourths of that. The second time I got about two fourths of that. And then the last time it just kind of trinkled in because people started becoming more familiar with my face. And uh, the reason behind that, um, analyzing that, that trend 
is because I also wasn't posting enough content on my Instagram. So people were seeing my page getting shouted out. They'd come to my Instagram and it would be the same content. I wasn't producing a lot of content back then. Um, but I'm telling you, man, those bodybuilding pages back then were like money. They actually worked. And looking at a lot of big famous influencers now that are in that industry or have came and gotten out of that industry that have Instagram followings, I remember a lot of those guys on those pages too. So it was funny because if I would have kept it up and stayed with, with that wave, you know, I, I, I don't know, who knows? I could be a bodybuilding uh, coach right now on Instagram. Who knows, you know, who knows how the world work, you know, works, but I'm happy with where I am right now with Brothers in Arms CBD helping veterans. I absolutely love it. You know, it's, 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 it's where the world wants me and it's what makes me happy right now. And, um, so <laughs> before I got sidetracked on that bodybuilding story, um, I was vlogging, you know, I was like vlogging, you know, me going to college, vlogging, me going to the gym, to, to Kratos gym and or Kratos gym in Orange Ca County, California. Um, at the time, <laughs> Kratos is no longer there. It was just like a really popular bodybuilding gym for a little while. Um, I was just vlogging gym, me going to like Chipotle, Chick-fil-A, uh, going home to meal prep and going to Kratos to bodybuild. And I, it's crazy because I would do voiceovers too. I would do voiceovers on a lot of those videos because I didn't always know how to vlog. I didn't know, I didn't know that I was vlogging, you know, I was just documenting, you know, um, and so I took a look at that, you know, again, I'm in the boardroom. I'm, I'm, I'm realizing on paper that I love health and wellness. I love helping people and educating them because health and wellness and food and exercise is something that comes really, really natural to me. And I realized it didn't to everybody. Um, so I decided to make that, that marketing company with an emphasis on social media because I had gotten a good grasp on it and, um, with, with, uh, content creation. And I did that. I did that for a couple. It's crazy. My first clients were just people who wanted to, who saw my Instagram and wanted me to make theirs look like that. You know, they wanted me to take their lifting videos, their lifting photos. They wanted me to help them, you know, navigate the posting schedule, which is crazy because people still to this day, 2020, I hear them, you know, I go to coffee shops and I hear them, you know, I overhear them. You know, just it's crazy because it's still relevant. You know, and this was this was years ago now. It's still relevant. People are still learning, you know, and it's still so relevant. Like what time should I post? What should I post? How many photos should I post before I post a video? Um, what type of photo should I put? You know, what kind of caption should I should I put with this type of photo? Should I engage with my audience in my caption? Should I engage with my audience in my videos? Or should my, you know, should my caption be a continuation of my video? You know, and what photos get the most attention? And do I always have to be shirtless if I'm a bodybuilder or a health coach, you know, or, you know, you know, can I post food? I don't get as much likes when I post food or enough comments, but more people DM me when I post food. Ooh, excuse me. It's, um... So that's what I was hired to do for, for my for my initial clients. And it was a lot of fun for me because it was just something that I had already done for myself and that I was good at, that I understood. And obviously I wasn't charging an arm or a leg because I loved it. I was just trying to get my feet wet. I think I was charging, you know, for a full day, you know, for like a full, full, full day. 
and of, of taking photos, a bunch of photos and videos with, you know, of course, wardrobe changes and, and little breaks and, of course, hanging out because a lot of my first clients were people I knew from the gym, you know, for just like a full day of photoing. And, and yeah, we, and, I, and I would do like the homie hookup where they'd be like, hey, you know, like, you know, do you want to do some stuff outside too if we can, you know, to diversify and, um, and caption, you know, helping and hashtagging. And of course, with the follow-ups, right? I always have always been a huge um, proponent, like an advocate of of letting your clients follow up with you in case they need extra help. Because you're not always going to give a client a product, and they're and they're going to know exactly what to do with it, even with the directions, even with the briefing. It's um, I think it's an amazing courtesy when you reach out to a client too, and you say, hey. Just checking in, making sure that everything's still good. If you need any extra advice, you know, or if you got any questions, comments, concerns, or if you have a referral, if you know somebody who wants to do it too, boom, you just got another client, you know, because sometimes your clients are afraid to reach out because they know how much effort goes into you giving them the perfect experience, the perfect package, and you give them instructions and you brief them down. Um, sometimes they're, they're, they, clients can be a little afraid, you know, they can be a little intimidated, uh, intimidated of how knowledgeable you are that they don't want to ask you questions, um, and come off as, 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 as uneducated or as if they weren't paying attention, you know, because life happens, they forget things, things are a little complicated for them and they're easy for you. That's why you're, you are the person providing the service because you're the, the, the master, you are the legend and they are your student. You know, even if they're a doctor and you're their trainer, you know, they've hired you to train them to get healthy. You know, it's the world. The world is crazy like that. I've when I was a personal trainer, I was uh, I had two clients that were doctors and there you go. Boom. You know, during that one hour, during that 50 minute session, I was the one. I was the master. I was the guru. I was the legend. I was the know all be all of what I knew at the time, you know, because you can always learn more. And they were doctors. They saved lives. They were surgeons. It was a, it was a husband and a wife. They were surgeons and they trusted me with the knowledge that I presented to them and my physical appearance and my background with military and the clients that I had at the time. They trusted me the most out of the 20 trainers that were there at the gym to, to, to train them, to get them on the right track. Man, talking, just talking, talking it out this episode, I've, um, there's a lot of things that I think I could go into, you know, I could go into different podcasts. So if you heard anything, me, you know, if there's anything that you heard, I would love to dive deeper into it. You know, like what it was like training doctors, that's surgeons, um, what it was like starting a media agency and how I got the confidence to, I mean, I said it a lot in this you know, in this story, in this podcast, how I got the confidence to charge a hundred bucks for that type of service for just social media management, consultation and content creation. And now, now a hundred bucks is, 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 uh, is a, is a steal for, you know, four to eight hours, you know, or, you know, a whole gym session with wardrobe changes, you know, that's a photo shoot that's marketing, consulting, and just homie hookup, chilling, you know, some people will charge you for their gas and their and their travel time and their food, everything nowadays, you know? And, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, it's people's time, you know? So hopefully you're paying, you're getting what you're paying for. But a hundred bucks back then, you know, I had to just learn. I had to get some clients and that, and I was able to use that leverage 
all that experience and all that content and all those testimonies to help me um, help gyms and rehab centers, rehab gyms, um, and you know, restaurants and bars, you know, I was able to leverage my experience to get clients like that to pay me on a monthly retainer, you know, a monthly residual, you know, a reoccurring monthly check. Um, But back to the beginning, what I was saying in the beginning of your endeavor, you're most likely going to be a one man team. You know, if you got homies that are just down to help you because they're just your homies, they're ride or dies, you know, amazing. But a lot of the time you're going to have to you know, get your hands dirty and people are going to have to see what you're made of until they decide that they want to be on your team. And, you know, that should just be more incentive to for you to just push yourself harder and harder and harder so people can see that you're a hard worker so they can want to work with you because you don't want people to work with you if you know you don't know what you're talking about. You know, if you like if you don't have any idea what you're talking about and you're leading people then the the next thing you do need to do is to start educating yourself on whatever service you're providing and educating yourself on how to be a better leader so you don't lose that person and that person doesn't leave and say whoa yo like he uh is charging for all this stuff and he doesn't know what he's talking about you know <laughs> you know what i'm talking about you've probably seen her once or twice in your lifetime somewhere somewhere uh, maybe even at school at work wherever it is So that's it for this episode, everybody. My name is Eduardo Cardoso, CEO of Brothers in Arms, United States Marine Corps veteran, actor, model, modelo, and a brother, a follower of Christ. And I will see you all in the next one. I love you all, you amazing, beautiful people. And if you have any questions, be sure to follow me on Instagram at edcardoso underscore. Be sure to check out the Brothers in Arms in this video description, in this podcast description at the brothers and arms cbd.co peace